on Wednesday I talked about growing up. Yeah? And part of the growing up is healing what I uh, called on Wednesday the narcissistic wound. So the narcissistic wound is that hole in you, that hurt in you, which uh, developed in your history through a lot of experience of not being loved for who you are, a lot of rejection, a lot of judgment, a lot of uh, feedback that you're not good enough, starting with your parents and then school and peers and uh, so on. And, and that, uh, that wound, that hole, it, it feels like a hole, uh, it, that calls out, love me, Oh, love me. Uh, and, uh, and we do all kinds of stuff to feed that hole in our relationships. Or we put that on our, onto our partner. Or uh, we try to feel that, fill that hole through addictions, through distraction. So it is this hole which makes us self-centered, narcissistic. Because we enter a situation or a relationship not with a sense of, oh, what can I give here? What can I contribute to this relationship? What do I, what do I, what do I have to give in this? What can I give in this situation? No, we enter a situation coming from this hole. What can this relationship give to me? What can this situation give to me? And me here... Not the real me, it's like the me, it's the identification with that narcissistic wound. So, and we are all, because we, are grow, we grew up in this, in this kind of insane environment, where the people around us didn't see the goodness in us. Uh, not because, you know, your parents... Mm, had the intention to do so, but they couldn't help themselves because they were also carrying their narcissistic wound in them. So now, if we uh, enter the Tibetan tradition with this narcissistic wound, and we might hear teachings like, you, you shouldn't cherish yourself, and self-cherishing is the problem, and think about others, do work for all sentient beings. It's, it's like, I mean, it's just like words. And it leads to f fake, to pretense, uh, to, uh, to idiot compassion, what Trungpa Rinpoche calls idiot compassion. I have talked about this a bit. And you can do decades of loving-kindness meditation. May all sentient beings be happy. And you're sitting there with your hole. And, and not much happens. So the narcissistic hole, and uh, I talked about it more in depth, uh, when there's a narcissistic wound. It's just like one word. So you, people, different schools of therapy, they call it in a different way. This is a Jungian word. A narcissistic wound. Um, 
So on, on Wednesday, I talked about how there the growing up, so the growing up of Ken Wilber, really benefiting from the wisdom and the discoveries in Western psychotherapy and psychology, which are not addressed in the tradition, not at all. And many traditional teachers, they have, they have no sense of our narcissistic wound. They, they, do, they, they don't. Some have, but, but some, they, they are blind on, on that eye. So it can happen that a traditional teacher being blind on that eye actually makes it worse. Yes. Are you referring to traditional teachers from the East or also yes. from the West? That doesn't matter, East yeah. or West. Mm. There's, uh, there's a lot of Western teachers who, uh, who who teach in the way they have learned from the from so, and and they would frown upon what I say now, because they would feel no, it's it's enough. The teachings are enough. Uh, and uh, and it's it's useless to, you know, look into childhood and become aware of the patterns and the pain. It's useless. Right? So, so this is. Uh, and you have to check up yourself. So you have to think up, up yourself. Now I said this. So also listen to the, the teachers who say something different. And then you have to make up your own, your own, your own stand in it. Also wh where you are in, in your own development. Yeah? To check up in your own development. So, but I also mentioned three kind of traditional practices which can be, uh, which are actually taught in the tradition, but uh, we could emphasize them more. And the first is the loving-kindness, the metta-meditation with yourself. And uh, on Wednesday I uh, led a meditation where I invited you to go back into childhood or a time where you were hurt. Uh, and from today, from your grown-up, to uh, send metta, to send loving-kindness back to, to back then. Yeah. So that's the practice of Tonglen also. And it actually says in the tradition, start with yourself. So how long? Start with what how long is the period with start with yourself? I think twenty years. At least. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so that's, uh, but also practice of Tonglen. Yeah? So I talked about this a bit uh, the last few months. So there's some recordings about it. So practicing Tonglen with yourself. And then the, uh, the practice of self-compassion. Yeah? Christine F., Christopher Germa, you know, so people who have looked into that, how to turn the traditional teachings on loving-kindness starting with yourself. Uh, then the second uh, practice, traditional practice, is uh, to work with, uh, with the archetype of um, compassion, uh, the archetype of the good mother, of the good father, through the image of the tantric, uh, the tantric angels. 
like Shinrizik, Tara. So if you feel you would you would need to work with the good mother or Shinrizik if you would work with the good father. Um, so that would be uh, projecting that compassionate care into this archetype and reconnecting with it to the practice of Shenrezi, like we have done here. So, and that was the second traditional practice, how you could work with the first point. And the third is, uh, the third kind of practice is this practice of uh, non-judgmental awareness. Like, what I mainly, I, I lead Medi- I, when we are lead meditation, I, I, I introduce that. Just the practice of being non-judgmentally aware of what is happening, and holding and touching whatever comes up, whatever you bring into the meditation, because you bring this, you bring the pain you carry within you. And it's being triggered every day, that narcissistic wound. So whenever you sit down, actually, in, in one way or another, it is there. Whenever, every day, I think. Every day you, 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 a button is pushed, uh, a projection happened. So, and the practice of loving, open, choiceless awareness is healing and transforming. <coughs> so, that's enough about that. If you have questions about it, uh, we can talk after the break. So now, equanimity. So, as I said on Wednesday, there's two Bodhicitta lineages within uh, Tibetan Buddhism. One you can trace back to the Master Shantideva, an Indian master who lived about the, I don't know, 6th century or something like that. And the second lineage is um, the, you can trace back to the Master Asanga, who I think lived earlier than Shantideva. Uh, I think they are not so clear actually about the dates, but it's like the between the, let's say, the 4th and the 6th century, somewhere there. Very Two very important masters within the Tibetan tradition. I mean, they, they lived in India, but they are, their writings and their texts, they, they are studied in the Tibetan tradition. So, and both of these uh, masters, they describe equanimity as the ground of... Uh, of cultivating bodhicitta. The first, looking through your projections. So I will take a bit help here. So traditionally this is the reflection on the enemy, the friend and the strangers. Two categories we put people in. So equanimity means that equanimity, equanimity, equanimity means that we uh, look 
through these projections and we cultivate, we find a place of even-mindedness, of a kind of openness, a sense of kinship, no matter if this person is a friend, an enemy or a stranger. Yeah? So that from that ground then we can start to cultivate a genuine sense of care yeah? to everyone, not only to our friends. So projection, I think, for us is a quite, uh, quite common uh, that we have a sense of what, what is meant with projection. Yeah? So I think we all aware of this kind of this this uh, insight is is like uh, spread uh, in, into our common knowledge. Yeah. <coughs> Uh, so we all have a sense that when we meet a person, that what, how the person appears to us and, and, and what, what we think about the person and what we feel about the person, that quite often it has something to do with us. And it's, I think it's something we kind of commonly in the West have accepted. Uh, that there is like a, a filter um, which is coming from our own experiences, from our background, from our preferences, uh, from our wounds, uh, and uh, and uh, for, and the unions. They then would say it's uh, what we also project is what is called the shadow. So the shadow are those uh, th those aspects and those feelings uh, within you, which you were not allowed to feel or to express in your upbringing, in your family, in your culture. Uh, so let's say an example would be in Swedish culture, it's very difficult to express anger. There's a, a very little tolerance towards anger. Uh, but we are all angry people. Yeah? Uh, so what are we doing with it? So, like in a culture, like in Barcelona, for example, the tolerance towards expressing anger is much bigger. If you go through Barcelona and you, you sometimes observe how people talk with each other, you think, wow, they fight, but they are just talking about where to go to the restaurant. <laughs> it's just like a normal conversation, kind of, and it passes. Yeah? Uh, so th that would be uh, an example of a collective shadow. So what do Swedish people do? Where, where do they project that then? Who are you personally? Yeah. Who, who is the scapegoat for that anger? Yeah. Uh, so that, that, is, that would be an example of, of how we project uh, aspects we don't want to feel or see or express in ourselves onto others. And it creates a filter. Uh, the other uh, shadow aspect, uh, which is not really a shadow, but it's called the good shadow, is 
The same we do also with positive qualities. So we might project uh, in an unrealistic way positive qualities to a master and, and feel that that like we project our own goodness, our own capacity for compassion onto other people and see it there, out there. And we, we disconnect uh, and we disconnect uh, from it uh, we disconnect from that quality within ourselves. So all this is projection. Um, yeah. I can understand the other thing when you project negative things. Mm. But why are we doing the the last thing you said? How come? Uh, uh, for for a Swedish person, it would be, for example, who think who who do you think you are? Mm. You know. Do, don't don't shine, you know. Like you know, don't don't show your qualities. Yeah. So and then and then we get afraid of that in us, as childs already. Like when we, uh, yeah. yeah, yes. And and then uh, and then, uh, uh, yeah. Also personal experiences, yeah, but. Yeah. And it's uh, it's uh, in it's it can be used uh, for some time in a good way. Like if you project uh, qua good qualities onto the Dalai Lama, but if you get stuck there, yeah. th then you know then it's a problem. Then you are then you are a worshiper. Mm. You wor you worship, and you you make yourself smaller than you are and. And there, there is the enlightened master with all these good qualities, and I'm the sinner. Mm, okay, I did that a lot when I was young. Worship. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> so, the, and in the tradition, uh, they they divide these three qualities. So, the three categories. So, the first is. The enemy. And the enemy is a strong word. Maybe you would think, oh, I don't have enemies. No, enemy is all the people you don't want to have a cup of tea with. It's <laughs> 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 a broad definition. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, I, I, remember, I remember one of the first retreats uh, I attended. Uh, there was this young guy, and uh, he at one point in a sharing during the retreat or after the retreat, he said, "Before the retreat, I thought I was a really nice and kind guy, <laughs> but now I realize, wow, what an asshole I am! How judgmental I am!" So what happened before is that he just avoided the people he didn't like. Of course, then you can continue to feel, yeah, I'm kind, I'm relaxed with people, with 10%, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And, and there, stuck in the retreat, he couldn't avoid those people he didn't like. And it was obvious to, to them that they exist. Mm. Well, that's, that's like sometimes people say in an environment like this, yeah, but I like everyone here. Bullshit. 
we dislike people. And we see people, and, and stronger we dislike them, stronger, like in, instinctively, there is a dislike, more that it is a sign that it is a shadow, it's a shadow aspect. So in that way, the, you know, the strong reaction in us of disliking someone, that could be like a, a bit of a mindfulness spell, of like going inside and reflecting, you know, what is it, what, I, what do I see in that person? What is it? Why am I so triggered by that person? What What is it? What has it to do with me? Uh, is there something I I don't see in myself? Is there something I envy in that person? Is there something threatening in that person? So what is it? So you can use those uh, triggers actually as a as a way to discover aspects of yourself which you don't become aware of when you sit alone in, on your cushion because they don't come up. And for sure your close relationships, your intimate your relationships and your children, your husband and your wife, they will bring that out for sure. That's why they are there. The closer we get to people, more that stuff comes up. And for a practitioner, that is a good thing. Very hard. Yes. I have a question because I can follow what you're mm. saying. But still, if I dislike a person who is like stealing or murdering mm. or something that I would never do, how come that, that triggers the thing mm. in me? Yeah, it's it's more. Yeah, no, I think it's more a question of inquiry. Uh, uh, so I don't think there's like. Uh, no, they, I think it's quite profound to 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 reflect on this question and and to uh, to so what what, what comes up. Um, of course. Sometimes we are, you know, we are abused by others. We are, we are hurt by others. Uh, but even then, uh, I mean, uh, even then, one could reflect a bit on um, one's own tendencies to be violent, one's own tendency to. Uh, to hurt others and to take advantage of others. But in other ways. Yeah, not with. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's the same kind of. Yeah. It's like maybe a seed. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You can murder with words. Yeah. So I see it, but it's so clearly when somebody murders with a knife. Yeah. When you murder with words, you can do it every day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, that does not mean that we don't. Uh, that we don't protect ourselves in war, yeah? So, clearly, uh, there is uh, harmful actions, which we also identify as harmful actions. But still, there can be some, a bit, you know, like if I, um, I think, so you, you can disagree with that, but, I think, well, I can maybe tell, talk just about myself. 
if I see something very cruel in, in another person, so, some person does something very cruel, and I say something like, I feel something like, how can someone do like this? Yeah? I, I never could do like this. So, I have a sense that if I say like this, I just have not looked deeply enough inside of me. Because I can do like this. If I would have grown up with my tendency of violence in that environment like that person, I could act like like this. If resources are scarce and it's about survival, I could act like this. And and in tiny ways, like you say, in tiny ways, I'm already acting like this. In that moment, uh, to, to, in, to, if I grow up there, I would. I could yeah, in, yeah. In yeah. that in that moment, you. Yeah, it's it, it, there is a there is a sadness and a softness and a understanding and how can how can how can human beings end up in places like this. Be- and you can understand it because you, you feel you feel that potential inside of you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. And I think it's like you say, it's it's many layers. Uh, but if when I judge people, if I look into that, so there may first be uh, anger of how can you do this? This is harmful behavior. You should stop. And if I look behind that, there's a type of sadness. And behind that, there's, there's actually like a, a, a mother like just that, that just wants her children to stop hurting each other and behave and be happy. Mm. Mm. So there can be many layers to mm. something as like reflexive as judging another. Yeah. yeah. So that, so again, we can cultivate an intention to uh, when we have strong reaction towards people, particular. Uh, now we talk about the category of enemy. Uh, could be an opportunity for us to reflect a bit, to look deep inside. What ha- what can I recognize in this? What does it say about me? Um, there is uh, you know, also Ken Wilber, he, he writes about the shadow work and he sees it as a, a part, and part, part of the growing up. Um, so one of, the, one of the methods one can, one can use in this work, which you also do in dream work, because you know, dreams, are, dreams are one of the main ways to become aware of your shadow aspects. The, of the aspects in yourself which you don't want to see. So all the figures in your dreams, they are aspects of yourself. So also the murderer and the, the monster. So maybe we feel in the nightmare that we are just the person running away, but we are also the person chasing. Yeah? 
So one of the ways to get to know that energy, uh, which you also do in dream work, is to embody it, to feel how it is. Like, uh, you know, if you have a, a non-understanding of how someone can end up in a place torturing others, you know, if this is if you have a reaction like this, I never could do this. I never could torture another being. I can't, because I'm a good person. Uh, so, uh, one way to uh, to um, to do that, and then maybe you have a dream of uh, uh, being tortured. Yeah? So you have a dream of being tortured. So one way to get to know that energy and to integrate it back is to feel into how it is to torture someone. To step into the shoes of the ones who, who tortures. Of course, not to start to torture, uh, torture others, but to identify that within you. <coughs> So, that's the enemy. Then the friend. Huh? So the friend... Uh, in what we, uh, in, this, in this looking to our projections, what we want to look at is exaggerated attachment and grasping exaggerated expectation. Um, so what we bring into the category, uh, into our friends, is our own needs. So we bring our narcissistic wound into the, into the, into the, our friendships and particularly into our intimate relationships. And we project that onto the other person and we demand the other person or we ask the other person to, to heal that narcissistic wound in ourselves. Um, and then there is also the you know, attachment. What attachment does is it exaggerates the positive qualities. So it's, uh, it's, it's not, so it's, it's wonderful to see the positive qualities of a person but it's problematic if we exaggerate them and then we expect something miraculously wonderful uh, to, ha to happen. Yeah. So also there we, uh, so what we do in the friend category, we kind of, we start to weak, we start to dissolve or we start to get out of, the, out of this grip of exaggerated projections. And then the third the category is the stranger. Uh, and there, um, yeah, so the stranger, there is one part is this kind of uh, projecting our fears onto strangers. Yeah. Because they come from a different culture, they speak a different language. Um, so, and we see that's happening in these in these years a lot, yeah. 
with, uh, with strangers. And, and the other part of uh, the stranger category is that we look into this uh, tendency of we don't care or we not even see them. It's like they are a kind of figures, kind of just like shells moving around and we don't care because they are strangers. They, they don't belong to our tribe. They, they are. So, so these are the, the three categories, uh, and um, after the break I, I want to uh, uh, work with this a bit, we have a bit more time. So um, the way we work with it, there's four kind of, so four different uh, ingredients here how we deconstruct these projections or how we look through these constructions, uh, how we look through these uh, projections. So we identify that, we identify them, we identify those projections and we start to see them as projections and we start to deconstruct them, open them up, like kind of level a bit so that our uh, our our openness becomes more balanced in these three categories yeah? friend, enemy and stranger so with the friend of course you could say yeah but I'm completely open to the friend but, but um, there is this as I said there is this extra neediness, these extra expectations. So again, that is not compassion. No, that, that's attachment. That's like uh, you know, wanting something, needing something, being attached. It's called being attached. That neediness. In a way, abusing people. Like demanding people to do a work you should do. You. Isn't it about being loyal? If you're other, like a, like both parts agree that I'm loyal to you and you are loyal to me. Yeah, uh, um, this uh, working through this projection does not undermine uh, responsibilities and conventional connections. I mean, you are you will be always in a different relationship to your children and to your partner. And you have uh, commi commitments there which you don't have with other people. Yeah? So it's important to, uh, to accept that and to realize that, that we are, that, that we are not trying to have... Uh, and we have to be realistic uh, in our capacity. Yeah? So of course, your job is to take care of your children first and be a father to them. And uh, that's important. Uh, yeah. Is that what you mean with, that, with your question? Yeah, I wasn't thinking about my no. children, but that's a good yeah. example. Yeah. 
just thinking about like colleagues and uh, at work. Mm -hmm. You bond with some people and some people you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and this will be like that. Uh, it will continue like that. What we're trying, uh, what we're trying, uh, what we're trying to do here is those people, like those colleagues, where you instinctively have uh, a strong reaction of avoidance, of judgment, that we work with that, that we try to level it out a bit. Yeah? Mm. But there will be still those people where you just realistically like to work with and where the, fl the work is more flowing and easy and en enjoyable. That it will be like that. It will continue to be that like that. So how do we? So this it's four different kind of uh, perspectives we we bring into reflection. We bring into these three categories, and we go through them from the from the enemy, the stranger, and the friend, or. Maybe we can start with a friend, and then the, maybe we start with a stranger, yeah? Because the stranger is, is also very interesting. So, the first way to reflect is that the status of the enemy, friend, or stranger is not definite. It is not a permanent distinction throughout different lives, or even in this life. So... So we, we, we realized, wow, this category of friends, stranger and enemy is actually not, not permanent. It is something like friends turn into strangers, strangers turn into friends, enemies turn into friends, friends turn into enemies. It's relative, even throughout one life. Now if we make a leap of faith and we feel, we, get, we connect with this idea that we are streams of consciousness and we have been dancing together in different kinds of roles, then you know we have been we have been married to each other and we have been children and and parent relationship we have been uh, strong enemies we have been very close friends yeah so that's uh, the first reflection how uh, these categories are uh, how these categories are not static and that is a proof that they are made up yeah. and that they can change. So that's the first one. The second way is to examine in the state of mind that sees someone as enemy, friend or stranger. Um, our discrimination is based upon our attachment to self. It's happiness and freedom from suffering. So what we do here is we, we reflect upon why is this why is this person in the category of enemy? Because she doesn't like me, she does not make me happy. She's difficult. I don't get what I want. She's not acting in the way which is good for me. She's critical. So why is this person um, 
falling into the category friends. Oh, this person is nice to me. He makes me feel good. He praises me. I have fun with him. He licks my ass. <laughs> he licks my ass, friend. He criticizes me, enemy. <laughs> yeah? I mean, we are so... Uh, so easily predictable. Ah, oh, there's someone who likes me, friend. He makes me feel good, friend. Oh, there's someone... Oh, he dares to be critical, enemy. And there's someone who kind of... He, he does not harm me, he does not help me. Hmm. Uh, stranger. I don't care. <laughs> so, so, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so simple. <laughs> so, so that's that's looking at the mind. Uh, uh, the well, looking what the discrimination is based upon attachment to to the self, to to one's own happiness. Yeah. So that's the second. The third way is to develop an understanding of emptiness. So that's reflecting how enemy and friend is, again, it's a projection. Um, and it's not an inherent quality of that person. So what you do in this reflection is you, you reflect upon, okay, I remember like one of my really beloved enemies in my life. Uh, and I... I I, I, this person was particularly precious because I was forced to live with that person for eight years. <laughs> and uh, that's the purpose of a monastery. Yeah? And uh, uh, so I was convinced that nobody would like that person. And when that person actually found a found a wife and someone who who, who, who loved him, mm. I was like shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I know that yeah, how can that be? I mean, how can anyone love this person and marry this person? It, it was beyond me. Yeah. So that. Uh, that what that shows is the emptiness of being the, the emptiness that person was empty of being an enemy or a friend it, 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 the enemy quality or the friend quality was not in the person it came from my side it was a projection and that another person uh, projects other qualities on it shows that these qualities uh, or this category is made up, is constructed and then projected on that person. It's empty. Yeah. <clears throat> it, so when we investigate, we we, we uh, into the into the person, <coughs> we realize that we can't find the enemy in the person. It's it's not existing out there. 
and that other people see that person in a different way is a proof of that. So, like, maybe you have a, a really like a, a boss, you know, with a really horrible person to work with, and maybe you would like, uh, you would uh, like, it would be a revolution inside revolution to see how what a loving father he is, a and that that other people adore this person and, and really love that person and care about that person. Yeah? So that's the, any, the emptiness. And the fourth way, the fourth uh, mm, ingredient is to reflect upon how we actually benefit from the enemy uh, and also how how we can how can how also a friend uh, how we also benefit from a friend in, in terms of uh, self-knowledge and growing and also how strangers have that potential for us to cultivate good qualities so we reflect upon let's take the example of the enemy we, re we reflect upon how it is precious to have enemies because they are the people in us who show us our edge, who are, they are the people in our life where, where, we, where we really need to do some inner work. And, and so they are precious in our wish, wish, in our project, in our growing up project. They are precious. So this is, you know, there you have the Lojong, what is called the Lojong teachings, yeah, the mind transformation teachings, um, to, to start to see enemies as precious teachers. Also that. That is one thing. And then patience, kindness, maybe also standing up and saying no and uh, protecting your territory. If that is something, no, that's uh, many of us need to learn that also and to, to, to develop a, a confident standing in your life, you need to have enemies. Otherwise, you can't develop that firm stand, that loyali loyalty to yourself and your feelings and your space. So you need enemies for that. Yes. Uh, um, of course, I can see that I am projecting on people, but um, I find it hard to handle when people are projecting to me how to handle it. Because mm. then you meet somebody who's, oh, hi Linda, you're always so happy, blah, blah, blah. and 15 minutes later someone said, oh, you're always so uh, grumpy. And all this projection you get during your day, mm. how to handle it. Mm. Uh, the, so best, the best way to handle projection is to realize emptiness. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, I can I could take an example um, 
I mean, as a teacher, when you sit here, you get a lot of projections. Yeah. So, uh, sometimes very positive projections and sometimes negative projections. And um, so, you need to kind of, you need to learn to, to, uh, to work with that. So, neither uh, being fooled by the positive projections, which most of the time actually at one point turn. If people put you onto a throne, at one point they need to cut that throne and they will do it. Uh, and then uh, uh, critic, uh, critical uh, projections. Um, uh, first, as I say, the most powerful would be to have a sense there's nobody here. Yeah. Like, okay, there's this positive projection, there's nobody here. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. There's this negative projection, there's nothing to defend here. Yeah? Uh, but of course, that's, uh, that's difficult because when you get a critical uh, projections, then the reactivity might kick on in quite quickly. It's like someone looks at you in a critical way and you like something is your trick. And what you need to learn when you sit here is to notice it and then to let go. Uh, and of course, that's not always possible. You, if you would follow me around, then probably you would notice sometimes mm -hmm. that I get a bit reactive. And you too have to set boundaries, no? Uh, what, what would that be? To set boundaries? Maybe not. But you said just before that uh, enemies are good because then you learn to grow up and set boundaries. Yes, so in this case I would learn when I hear critic, I would I cultivate my capacity of letting my own reactivity, my own contraction come and I'm aware of it. And okay, so now I feel hurt, I let it go. Okay. Yeah? And then on the other on the other hand, on the positive projection, there's they are almost more dangerous because mm -hmm. at one point you might think that they are right. Mm, and you get Yeah, that you that you are that fantastic person. <laughs> yeah. So you identify uh, with that projection. Mm. So that's that's even more challenging. What you need to do there is you need to have supervision and you need to have friends or a partner who who gives you a, um, a solid feedback, like, yeah. or, or children, mm. yeah, who, who don't care if you are this fantastic, enlightened teacher, yeah. Mm. For them, you are just the father and the mother, or the mother. Uh, so, uh, as uh, no, in some, and uh, I think. I mean, you all have jobs and um, uh, you all have to look into this, you know, uh, to, you have to work with this, with this uh, projection, what are the people, the negative and the positive projections. And uh, to be with, and to be kind and aware of your own reactions to those projections. Throughout the day, it's like a flow of yeah, <laughs> yes, and 
Ja, <lacht> completely exhausted, you know, from, from being the enemy and the friend of other people. Yeah. 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 When you mentioned these two, you said about the negative, uh, you can think going within and think that there is nothing to defend. But what did you say about the positive? The uh, positive is is like, uh, yeah. So part of that would be to re to see how when people see something positive in you, they actually connect with something in them. Okay. So you are just like a placeholder of, of that. Uh, so you, so you, 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 you try to avoid that the narcissistic, <coughs> egoistic structure in you catches it, it's like, and takes it, yeah? Yeah, it's like a sense of okay, yeah, and and with experience you also know, yeah, yeah. Now you think I'm wonderful. Next week you're cutting me down, yeah. yeah? So you know that, like, and that's then then that positive projection kind of get a bit more relative. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, of course it's still nice to hear something something positive from other people, but you don't you don't take it so serious. You don't blow it up. Someone say negative, I don't know, like this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, it's good to have uh, to have confidence in your qualities and and what you know. Mm. And uh, but I think there I would I would rather build on on the feedback of uh, of pa of pairs or of you know, of supervisors or or of other teachers and not of the the clients or the students. But when you when you are a person that offers and are Get so much, and I and, and I think that I am here, and if not this, mm. not this. Yeah. But, but when Uh, th maybe this has to do with uh, the first step healing the narcissistic wound because oh, yeah. when you when you he when you start to heal the narcissistic wound you are not so dependent anymore of praise and you're not so dependent anymore on praise and you're not so threatened anymore through criticism I have just yeah. thought. I, I think it's uh, important to be honest with your own uh, reactions to praise. Also, uh, to s mm. oh yes, I, I feel very happy when yes. people praise me, yes. and I feel very sad when they yeah. blame me. To be honest with that. Absolutely yes. yes. Mm. To be honest with that, to be aware of it, mm. and to let it go. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
I also think that uh, when people tend to project very much on you, it could be that they sense that maybe I have come a little further with myself and, and <coughs> they could be threatened, not that because they, they want to be uh, in their addictions and so on. So if you work with yourself and, and want to do a different in your life, and you don't brag about it, it, just the way you appear could be a threat to people that want to be stuck in their behavior. Yeah, it's, uh, it's what uh, you know, people have their projections out of all kinds of reasons and and they are allowed to do that. They, 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 uh, you, we have to give other people the space to feel what they feel and to think what they think. And in, in a position like here, when you sit here as a teacher, then, yeah, that's something, otherwise you have to, you have to stop to do it. You have, you have to, you have to live with that. You have to work with that. Yes. This brings up many things in me, but mm. uh, one thing is, um, you said, um, so if I react to you now, um, you would just, okay, he's projected onto me, but isn't there also information to you? Like, it's not only a projection, maybe there is know my my projection mm. might be a bit of a projection but I, I also might see mm. something in you that that Absolutely. is in you and mm. and it, it sounds a bit mm. um, uh, if you take this to the far end it, it mm. sounds a bit like you're just like bouncing off everyone's comments and, mm. and that prevents you actually to to, to see why did mm. I get that reaction mm. and why did I get that reaction mm. what in me mm. triggers that mm -hmm. so it's I think it's important to yeah, yeah. I, I was not thinking about bouncing. I was more like letting it through while also acknowledging it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, of course, feedback. So it's what, what of the feedback you get is something useful, as you say, some use, some useful information. But you think it's better to listen to your teachers than to your students, also you said. Uh, not always, I think. I think it depends. Both. Yeah. I think both. Yeah. Uh, but the supervisor would always then ask, how did it make you feel when the student said that? Mm -hmm. did it make me feel and then I would look into that mm. okay I think yeah you you had something yeah, yeah I was uh, thinking about how I do sometimes I like can take positive feedback at all mm. but when it's negative I take it in a lot mm. and sometimes I try to say it's in them 
it's not me mm. but it, sometimes it feels like it's running away and not looking at it mm. it's like just mm. t- uh, putting on the other person and yeah. not see it's always complex <laughs> and it's good to talk about it because mm. then you bring you bring up uh, you know different different things different depths into that so this is probably a a, a, a thing we all can recognize um, so again this Uh, probably probably for you it would be good to uh, soak in to to cultivate uh, the ability to soak in more of the positive feedback somehow Uh, to to so with you now I, I'm not going to do it, but uh, I would like to do the exercise where everyone comes up and says to you what they like. <coughs> so that's what, that would be like a way for you to to uh, Maybe to dare, uh, maybe to become aware of your resistance to that, but also, I mean that that which hurts in you. Now I talked about how the healing uh, is your job, and you do therapy and loving kindness and self compassion. But I think part of that healing of the narcissistic wound is also getting that loving feedback and that loving connection from others. And not letting it pass. Like now I said, let it pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not letting it pass, but uh, being, being astonished by it. Is that true? Wow, this is what this person thinks. That I, that I'm, that I'm, uh, that I'm, that I'm a, a thoughtful and gentle person <coughs> with a beautiful energy. This is what the person thinks. Uh, to find the middle way between this process of letting it through because uh, yeah and actually healing from it <laughs>